The Canada goose is a brown-bodied, black-neck, honking waterfowl that, despite the name, can be found throughout North America, Europe, and New Zealand. With a song that can be best described as a dying balloon, their strong liking for attacking humans, and the uncanny ability to slowly cross that road, make that slowly waddle across the road, refusing to fly, in front of your car when you're already running late, makes the Canada goose hard to love. That is, unless you are my almost two-year-old black lab jelly bean. Granted, it's not hard to see how Jellybean would have fallen in love with this waterfowl. After all, her ancestry has prepared her just for this moment. But as you might have guessed already, the feelings of love between Jellybean and the Canadian geese are not mutual. And so Jellybean and I have to work on her least favorite command, wait. If you have any experience working with toddlers, I am sure you too have seen the struggle that accompanies the word wait. But if not, you can imagine when I tell Jellybean to wait as the Canadian geese cross the path in front of us, she is barely holding it together. Vibrating with excitement and potential energy, she looks up at me with patient eyes, but her constant shifting of body weight and tapping tail gives her internal struggle away. Waiting is hard. And yet, it is in this difficult position of waiting where we find the, the crowd in the gospel reading from Luke. Luke doesn't give us context for why the crowds have come out to the wilderness to be baptized by John the Baptist. But if we think back to other times in the Bible when God's people were out in the wilderness, it was there that their human needs were met by God graciously providing. So maybe this is why they are there. Maybe tired of waiting and incensing a need internally, they were seeking out an answer, seeking out for God to answer their needs. After all, they had been told for generations and generations that a Messiah is coming, one who would lift up the lowly, fight for the oppressed, and overthrow the powerful and rich. You can imagine the excitement and expectation in the air as the crowd seeks out John the Baptist. As the whispers of questions began to form, maybe their waiting was over. Maybe this is the one they were waiting for. Maybe this was the Messiah. And then they meet John the Baptist who calls them a brood of vipers and tells them that the axe is lying at the foot of the tree and that it will cut down any tree that does not bear good fruit. I don't know about you, but if I was in that crowd in the wilderness, I would have been sweating. You can probably imagine the ripple of whispers through the crowd. Did he just call us snakes? Are we bad trees? Who does this guy think he is? 
I highly doubt that these were the words the crowd was expecting in answer to their internal seeking. These are harsh words. These are shocking words. These are not kind words of comfort because they were never supposed to be. John the Baptist was basically like, what is it going to take for you all to listen? Are you paying attention now? Which is the question... (laughs) Which is the question that we also have to ask ourselves. Because we, too, are in a season of waiting. Waiting for Christmas, waiting for the pandemic to be over, waiting for God to do something about the injustices in the world. And this season of waiting, just like the crowd, we can be easily distracted by worldly things, turning away from God's love. And instead, putting our trust in our bank accounts or our possessions or our fully stocked pantries. Let me put it a different way. You know when you go on a road trip and as you're driving down the highways, there's always those huge billboards for one-of-a-kind tourist stops that you know are just tourist traps with overpriced junk? But maybe you're at that point in your journey and seeing that sign piques your interest just enough and It has been a while since you stopped, and oh, well, it's right next to the gas station. We have one of these classic tourist traps in Wisconsin called the Mars Cheese Castle. One would think by the name that the Mars Cheese Castle would be this haven of cheese, but no. In fact, I'm pretty sure you can find a better cheese selection at any Quick Trip, which is the local gas station chain, than you can find at the Mars Cheese Castle. And to answer the question that's on everyone's mind, of course I stopped at the Mars Cheese Castle one time when I was driving home because I just had to know. I let myself get distracted from the path that I was on and ultimately ended up disappointed. Because that's the thing about these tourist traps or other distractions. They seem like a really good idea at the time, but instead you leave them with less money, less time, and less of a sense of purpose. Now I'm sure that some of you might be thinking, but intern Rita, there's this really great little stop just outside of Tiny Town, USA, and that's great. I'm glad there is. But my point is that when we find ourselves turning away from the path of God's love and putting our trust in distractions, we are going to end up disappointed. Because it is just a matter of time before those distractions break our trust or let us down. But God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's love for us will not disappoint or let us down. Like a giant traffic sign calling us back to the highway, John the Baptist is crying out with bold and shocking words for us to repent, or literally in the Greek text, to turn back to God. But it goes even further, because not only is John proclaiming and inviting us into a renewed relationship with God, but John is also inviting us into a renewed relationship with each other. 
Because freed by God's saving grace, we are invited to share our hearts with one another. We are invited into what is my favorite Greek word, koinonia, which means to share in, but in a deeper sense. Koinonia is more than just sharing space and time together. It's sharing by building connections and partnerships. It's sharing your heart. It's caring for people at all times, not just times of need. It's a space where God's presence can be felt. To get a sense of what I'm talking about, let's think of Wednesday nights here at Bethany. The energy and excitement of fellowship is palpable and people, as people share in meal, story, and song, all the while building relationships and deepening their faith. Wednesday nights don't belong to any one person, and if only one person showed up to church on Wednesdays, they wouldn't happen. It's in the koinonia, in that holy sharing in, that makes Wednesdays a special space. And that's just one example of special spaces like that at Bethany, where people are coming together in koinonia and sharing their heart. We start worship the same way we've started it the last two weeks, by singing, Wait for the Lord. We wait for the Lord knowing that Jesus is coming, but that second line is key. Be strong and take heart. If we try waiting alone, it's hard, and we can easily become lost and lose hope. But waiting together is a holy space of koinonia, of sharing in God's grace. Amen.